Can you believe the chutzpah of the women that are still going to the Ukrainian marriage agencies, matchmakers, the Ukrainian bride business? They now want high-level men. They want guys without a big age gap. And these are normally women, single moms in their 30s. Kevin Samuels will be turning his grave, but fine. RIP, legend. And these women now want guys under 50 who look good, not overweight, uh, high earners, and have a lot to offer them. And that for me is really interesting because I studied um, law and economics. It's a lot to do with markets back when I was a university student doing my master's. And this kind of thing where you have a change in behavior and how that affects markets and in particular the dating market for me is really interesting. That's what we're going to go into today and what you should do if you're a 40-something high-level guy and you want to come to Eastern Europe and meet absolutely terrific, beautiful Eastern European woman. Let's get into it. Boyekele. Sar experience. So let me begin with a little bit of update about the situation here in Ukraine. I mean, Kiev, you have this uh, destroyed and damaged Russian military equipment that's on display here, right in the center, just in front of the monastery. A uh, very famous landmark here in the center of Kiev. And yeah, it's, we're almost into April 2023 and the Russo-Ukrainian war is still going on. That's connected to um, why the Ukrainian bride business is obviously in so much trouble. The situation with Ukrainians has changed dramatically, obviously in general for the worse with this horrific war. Uh, but it's also had some interesting consequences that are a little bit unforeseen, I, I um, assume. Situation here on the ground in Kiev, well, there's a curfew at midnight. We have occasional uh, Russian rocket and drone attacks. Uh, but in general, everything else is working pretty normal. There's electricity, there's water, um, the payment systems work, the internet works. I haven't really had any problems at all um, over the last five, six days that I've been here in the capital. So that's just a little update on the situation on the ground here at the moment when I'm shooting this video. So the last like four months, I've done two other videos about the collapse of the Ukrainian bribe business. You can go and take a look at them up to be up somewhere up on cards or down below in the description to this video. But very short summary, what is the Ukrainian bride business? Well, since the collapse of the Soviet Union, much of East Europe, in particular here in Ukraine, has seen the rise of kind of like mail order bride, but they're not really mail order in that sense, but basically had this big business matching men from the West with women in Eastern Europe, particularly with women in Ukraine. The main reason for that is um, socioeconomic status here in the 1990s, everything collapsed. And basically there was a lack of communication. Women here couldn't travel, move to the West very easily to get access to uh, the socioeconomic opportunities in the West and also meet men who already have that socioeconomic status. And then for the men coming from the West is to basically meet a more beautiful uh, potential partner in life. Women here in East Europe are really well known for their beauty. Also there's a bit of talk about values that women here are less, a little less emancipated but the values thing I'm pretty skeptical about it in general. Uh, certainly women here don't need a matchmaker or a marriage agency in order to find a guy with similar values to them since they're surrounded by r real men here in Ukraine. And um, yeah, 
that what they were lacking, of course, was the socioeconomic opportunities. And particularly in the last few years, you've seen a rise in the number of single moms uh, in their 30s here in Ukraine. Uh, divorce is over 50%, and a lot of women find themselves in their 30s with one or two children, and the father really not in their life. So obviously it makes sense for them to you know, look for an opportunity to move abroad, normally to North America, maybe to Western Europe. So in those other videos, I do discuss a little bit about how with the temporary protection directive in the EU, uh, basically Ukrainians can all go to the European Union. It's going to be probably about three years. And there, obviously, they are already in the West. So the last reason for them maybe to look for a guy in a marriage agency or a matchmaker is the fact that some Ukrainian women still buy into the American dream and think that it'd actually be even better to go for, say, Germany or Poland, where they are now, and go to North America. Uh, whilst it is a lot easier to go there at the moment, Ukrainians get priority. There's actually a program in the United States called Uniting for Ukraine. Uh, so maybe for some of them, it's still a temptation to try and find a guy and bring their child with them to North America. So in summary, that's what it is. And it has been in a lot of uh, trouble because, well, there's a war here in Ukraine at the moment when I'm shooting this video. It's been going on, um, well, really since 2014, but obviously we had the expanded invasion, the full-blown invasion of Ukraine on the 24th of February 2022. Since then, since I'm interested in what, you know, people's behavior how change, including all these marriage agencies, matchmakers, the Ukrainian bride business, nearly all of them have exited the market. What they've done is they've said, hey, we're not going to organize anything in Ukraine at the moment. Uh, we've decided to pivot to Colombian brides or Filipina brides or Mexican brides. But a lot of it's now focused on Latin America in particular. And that makes a lot of sense. There's a big headwind uh, towards spending time in Latin America. If you're from North America, price of flights has come down. Uh, it's very popular to go and actually spend part of the year in Colombia, in maybe Bogota, uh, Cali, uh, Medellin. Um, What's the other big city that I'm, that I'm forgetting? That where they have a... Cartagena, that's it. Cartagena. And so they've decided to focus their business there. Um, or they've just decided to suspend operations altogether. You have one or two holdouts who are trying to pivot, uh, which is what we're discussing in this video, trying to get the guys who are younger to buy into the idea that they should wife up a um, 30-year-old uh, plus single mom who's now currently in um, in Germany or, or in Poland, presumably if they're Ukrainian, or maybe still here in Ukraine, the few that are still here, and then bring them to West, where, of course, they're going to have the same issue with family laws. We know in the West it uh, favors the socioeconomic inferior partner in the case of divorce, which is almost certainly always going to be the woman, and, you know, bringing a woman from a country where divorce is normal, basically, it's even higher than the West. Uh, on most of Eastern Europe, it's over 50%. And then, you know, hoping for the best and ending up in the same situation. It doesn't make any sense to me, but that's what they're, they're still trying to sell to their customers. Basically, the traditional fantasy was for the uh, overweight 50-year-old guy from somewhere in the Midwest, not very super sophisticated, has money, and uh, yeah, he gets some young bride, and many of them are just probably on the most sensible option for them, which is pivot geographically um, and go for somewhere like the Philippines or somewhere in Latin America, where those women uh, don't have the same socioeconomic opportunities locally or the, the fact they can't travel and move to countries like America very easily. And, you know, in these countries, divorce is actually 
pretty low. Like Colombia, I looked up, it's like 9%. Uh, so it actually kind of makes more sense anyways to focus on those countries going forward. So what I'm hearing in the last, say, year or so, more or less, from guys who come to me for consulting advice who have used a matchmaker or marriage agency, the Ukrainian bride business, is now the women who do go genuinely, I'm not talking about the entire scam industry, uh, which is like what we don't call PPL or paper letter sites, which are basically, I think at this point, just using artificial intelligence. If you've ever checked out uh, chat GPT-4, you realize that it's pretty easy to write a bot that's gonna become like your perfect uh, online wife, girlfriend, whatever. Um, but anyways, we're not talking about that part of it, but we're talking about the more, the, at least quasi-genuine uh, matchmaking part of the industry. And the guys who've gone to that are telling me that Basically, the women are demanding a small age gap compared to before, so they're not really interested in the guys over 50 if they're in their 30s. Uh, they want the guy to be in shape, so no, no fat guys, basically. Um, obviously, to be wealthy, right? Socioeconomics is important. I think that was probably implicit anyways beforehand, but now they're even more demanding in terms of the quality of life. And, of course, living somewhere where they consider better than where they are at the moment, which the bar has gone a lot higher, and that's just for me, uh, really fascinating because of course the situation for these women has dramatically improved in terms of their value on the local dating market where they are if they have moved to say Germany or France or Spain or somewhere like that, or maybe they're already in America, in North America. Uh, and I'll, you know, I made a video uh, maybe a couple of months back where I talked about you know, how men rank women in terms of beauty and as women move further westwards, how their value, the perception of their value by men goes up. I don't think that scale is a great scale, but it's actually something that guys relate to and it's what we observe. Men in general, the first thing they look at is visuals because uh, they're looking implicitly through evolutionary biology for someone who's going to be good in terms of producing children. It's just something subconscious in our brain. It's not the only thing we judge women on, of course, but it is something that's uh, very intuitive in terms of it's the first thing that men look at. I linked that other video, see how, the women, how women rank men. It's, a, it's more a mixed bag in terms of socioeconomic status and uh, looks. And in fact, women are pretty poor at uh, judging it. As you'll see in that video, they think 80% of men are actually below average. Anyways, that's another video. Go check it out, I'll link it as well. In general, they're kind of like, say they went from being a five to a seven, kind of on that scale of one to 10 by moving further west, maybe even went higher. So now as a result, they're in a stronger position if they still want to meet more guys that they you know basically looking for a guy that they haven't swiped right on on tinder who turned out to be actually genuinely interested on the, in them because of course they can all go onto tinder and post some photos and uh, meet lots of guys locally if they're living in the west already maybe they're already in london and they have just massive amount of choice and they're looking for obviously a better choice than that they can currently have so that's why they're they're standards have gotten even higher and this is the feedback that I get from guys it's like yeah the other thing a lot of these guys tell me is um, that the women are no better that's the way it's going to probably meaning no better looking than the actual the women that they can already date in North America or in Western Europe so that is why you have this kind of inflation in the demands of the women who still genuinely go to these matchmakers now there are typically on the flip side two types of guys uh, who go to matchmaking services, um, the Ukrainian bride business. And this is actually in the words of one uh, of my consulting clients. He phrases as guys either have uh, no time or no game. And I'd refine that a little bit to say that it's guys that have a little time or a little value. 
right? So let's take the latter group first of the little value. He actually called it no game. Uh, but I would say it's guys that really back home, they're struggling to get a date. They're not perceived by women to be particularly uh, interesting to go out with. And then they kind of throw the Hail Mary pass by splashing out, splurging on a Ukrainian bride business owner here to set them up with their Stepford wife who's going to look like a supermodel they can bring back to the West, right? This kind of fantasy. And um, those guys, uh, I think it was pretty unrealistic before uh, 2022 to find that in any case using any method in Ukraine, but now definitely that is finito. For these guys, I think like if you are really struggling to, to meet anyone back in your home country, probably your, your best chance is to head to the Philippines. Uh, you do have other YouTubers who documented being overweight of a certain age and meeting some young Filipina <laughs> on an island, um, pretty remote, pretty impoverished and you know, that he's probably a big catch for a girl from that kind of socioeconomic background. It's not realistic in Eastern Europe nowadays for the most part, in particular here in Ukraine for, for sure. Of course, you know, I can make as many of these videos pointing it out, but for some guys, they're still gonna wanna dream the fantasy. Now, the second group is the guy that has little time. So he actually has value. He can meet women. That's the bulk of my uh, consulting clients who maybe have, who are a bit older and have used the matchmaker in the past. And then they come to me because they're frustrated. And uh, yeah, basically those guys have a decent amount of value. Um, a lot of them tend to be over 50, maybe early to mid 50s. Um, they high socioeconomic status, uh, in shape, and um, have good charismatic personalities. They're just frustrated with the dating options that they have back home because in the West, in general, there's a problem with obesity. And to be frank, there's a lot more competition around. So yeah, women who are attractive and slim, uh, they have a lot of choice. And uh, yeah, maybe you're living somewhere that's a lot of times somewhere more rural, a smaller town. And these guys are, you know, pretty high value for their age back home, but they're not happy with the dating options that they see. And in particular, because they probably visited Ukraine before, they realize they're real potential uh, if they uh, come here to Eastern Europe, but they had little time. So when I say little time, it was little time to actually come and spend here in Eastern Europe. So they thought, I'll line up a lot of dates for a trip here in um, Eastern Europe via Matchmaker and it'll work out for me. So the downside for these guys, this goes for online dating in general, in my opinion, is that by going online, you leave a lot of money on the table, right? So basically, if you are a guy, and I see this with other consulting clients I have who use Tinder um, as their main lead source for meeting women in Eastern Europe, what they'll do instead of going to Matchmaker and forking out for basically a, a date to be arranged with, you know, what the guys tell me is like 80% of the women that they're set up with by the Ukrainian bribes are single moms in their 30s. Not saying they're bad people, it's just us as guys, it's not as attractive as say a woman who's 25 and doesn't have kids on average. And um, what I see with one particular consultant client that I have uh, who's living as a quite stereotypically in an area where there aren't very many beautiful in the, women in the UK is that he goes on on Tinder, talks to lots of women, uh, in Eastern Europe and then goes and meets them, maybe takes trips with them uh, or meets them in a third city or goes to their hometown. And what I tell him is like, cause he shows me the photos and who he's meeting. I'm like, man, you are leaving, you're basically dating about three points down, right? He's, he could easily be dating the nines and tens. And instead he dates just a little bit above average here in Eastern Europe, about a six. Uh, that's because he doesn't have the time to actually come over here and he's actually a guy who, who 
has learned good Russian, so that's going to be a plus one in his value if he comes here. And in fact, just by, I think, coming and spending time in Eastern Europe, it doesn't have to be all year round. Uh, it can be, you know, I think minimum three months is a good amount of time to set up um, some social circle here and go out and meet lots, you know, be social in general and meet lots of beautiful women who are a good fit for you, who are sincere, who are not scammers, like used to afflict also the Ukrainian bride business. Um, basically, he's leaving huge amount of money on the table because the most beautiful women are not going to be online anyways. They, the problem, the dilemma or the issue for a woman who's a nine or 10 is trying to filter to the number of guys just sliding into her DMs, right? Um, she gets so many offers as it is from interested high level high value men that she's trying to figure out which ones to pick. She's not really going to spend so much time, uh, definitely not going to be at a marriage agency or matchmaker, uh, and probably not going to be very often on something like Tinder or a dating app. There are more high level dating apps that are not so popular, but they are an alternative option here in Eastern Europe. But basically, I've just personally only ever met two models on uh, Tinder. Well, obviously, if you hang out here, uh, you can meet the nines and tens. Uh, you can make hundreds of them if you want, like I have over the last few years and gone out with them. So that's basically the summary on the kind of guy who has little time to spend here in Eastern Europe. And basically then he relies on online dating. It doesn't mean it's not possible, but probably is leaving a lot of money on the table in terms of who he could go out with. Now, the job of this Ukrainian bride business is since they need to attract these guys who have little time, not the guys who have little value, Right, the guys who my other consulting client described as having no game because the genuine women who go to them are not going to even countenance going out with those guys in a million years anymore. They want the guys who have little time, right? But the thing is, they need to persuade these guys who have a certain amount of value but little time that the best they can do is a 30-year-old plus single mom. And uh, probably they're not the hottest one let's be frank about it she went to the marriage agency in the first place so they're going to tell you lots of things like tinder because that's their main competitor right remember 20 years ago when this started there was no tinder so online dating was more or less uh very rudimentary websites or a matchmaker and now tinder anyone can go and put a profile and start swiping there so they're going to tell you there's no serious women on tinder when if you just look up the stats in the west in the u.s more than half of people uh, are currently in relationships with partners that they met online. Now, I don't think it's the best way. As I said, you're probably going to leave a lot of uh, <laughs> money on the table uh, if you do that. But still, obviously Tinder, you can meet at least the same level of women, if not better, on Tinder than you're going to meet uh, via Matchmaker. Uh, but they got to persuade guys that, no, Tinder, they're all bad girls. They're all looking for hookups. It's a hookup app. So they kind of rely on I think maybe a lot of the guys' ignorance about how that works. What you need is a well-designed uh, profile on Tinder to rank in the top 20% minimum of options. So really, you want to be in the top 5%, but you can do that. So I'm going to make a video soon about how to optimize your Tinder slash Instagram profile for here in Eastern Europe, coming very soon. And they're also going to tell you that, uh, yeah, if you go to nightclubs, for example, or go to bars and be social, all the bad girls here, there's no good girls, no serious women ever go to a bar ever, <laughs> which is hilarious. Also, in the most recent stats I looked at, whilst uh, online dating has exploded in terms of people um, forming relationships in the West, actually, also an increase is people meeting in restaurants and bars. Interesting. I would have thought it's gone down, but actually, it's also going up in 
the West. So that is, as I will say, the best option except for social circle, which takes a lot of time to develop. And that's actually one of the other things that I help the guys with developing here in Eastern Europe. But a combination of that is going to be the best way. But these, the Ukrainian bride business basically has to persuade you if you're a guy with value, maybe in your 40s, uh, you're in shape still, you have good style, uh, you're charismatic, but you have little time because you haven't set it up that you can come over to Eastern Europe. They need to convince you that all the other alternatives are terrible. You're not going to meet the good girls there on Tinder in a bar and club uh, actually coming in moving here to Eastern Europe, um, which is actually what a lot of these guys who run the Ukrainian bride businesses did themselves and how they met their current partners, ironically. So I'll leave it on that point. Look at what these guys actually did in reality versus what they advocate you paying them for. If you've been watching my channel for the last couple of years, you may recognize this square from any of my videos. And in one particular, I actually reacted to a clip from the US reality TV show about dating 90 Day Fiancé, and it was actually uh, a couple, we'll call them, uh, who met here for the first time on Maidan Nezernoshnosti, because they've been conversing on some website where he was paying a fortune to talk to this woman in Ukraine. And that was kind of a bit of a stereotype. The guy actually looked like the stereotypical wife hunter, uh, not the, the most socially adroit. Uh, I guess he was north of 50 years of age, and talking online a lot, spending a fortune, trying desperately to get his Ukrainian bride. And that was a mainstay of the type of previous avatar that uh, the Ukrainian bride business would have been aiming for. And then the quid pro, as I said, is that when we get to move, be able to escape Ukraine and go to the socially, economic, uh, better off West, probably with her children in tow because she's a traditional single mom. <laughs> I don't make this up. This is actually the way it works. So that was what was happening in the past. And, you know, I've been invited into some of these chat groups about guys who have gone to these marriage agencies, matchmakers also, you know, I've had consulting clients over the years who've gone and paid and they give me all this intel. That's how I know about it. But let's be frank about it. If you're the kind of guy that obviously they're trying to change their avatar away from, so you know, 55, 60 years of age, um, maybe middle class, um, out of shape, disheveled, this kind of stuff. Um, man, it's kind of over. That's why I made the 200 videos that triggered so many people. It's like, yeah, maybe your last chance is to go to a Filipino island and look for some um, naive 20-year-old village girl uh, there who's going to think that's a, a big opportunity for you. You're going to be the the hot property, the hot stuff on the Filipino island, maybe. And often these kind of guys, they they critique or they criticize me by saying, Connor, what are we supposed to do? What is the average guy? Or they're a little bit above average, at least in terms of wealth. But on the dating market back home, they're obviously not doing very well. Otherwise, they wouldn't be uh, trying to find that kind of woman over here when they're not really, let's be frank, but really interested in anything else in the region. And the reality is, that there is no alternative for you. <laughs> That's the reality. You gotta change your value proposition to women, which is that you're gonna have to work on yourself, you know, raise your value. It's all about perception of value at the end of the day. If the women don't find you uh, interesting enough, then you know, but paying for dates to be set up for you is not gonna solve your problem, right? And to these kind of guys, they don't wanna hear that in general. I mean, I made this program, Scambuster uh, Secrets, 
Slavic scam Scambuster Secrets back in 2020 because a lot of these guys complained to me about getting scammed here, either by marriage agencies or by um, just by girl women in general when they came over to, in particular, to Ukraine. And what I discovered is that really, at the end of the day, they didn't want to change their value proposition for women. They didn't want to improve on themselves because that didn't appeal to men to have to do work, lose weight, go to the gym, change their wardrobe, uh, work on their communicative skills, right? Interpersonal skills, develop a personality, but most of them were boring. So they didn't want to do that and change at 55, 60. They were like, hey, I have one thing going for me, and that's the money. Let me, let me set up some dates. Um, and listen, if that's still what you want to do, and you've watched to the end of this video, then it's your decision. I don't think it's going to be very successful personally, but you're, you're more than free to keep doing that. There are going to be people here who are going to take your money and other countries around the world for sure, indefinitely, if that's what you want. But obviously there are better ways to do this, and especially if you are one of those guys who's, you know, in his 40s, uh, in good shape, has a personality, uh, and has an interesting lifestyle. So basically a guy who's able to give present a high value offer to women everywhere, then what are you waiting for? Do you want a date? Do you want a model girlfriend or wife? Model in terms of the level of beauty, that Olympian level beauty, the nines and tens. This is the region of the world where you're going to find the most of them. This is where they're located, over here in Eastern uh, Europe. And you can try and come here by yourself and you can go on to you know tinder i do have you know a, a former consulting client who was actually in his 40s and was able to offer a high level of value and he did actually meet his wife believe it or not via tinder with my coaching but that's kind of i think a rare thing to happen most likely if you look at it it's going to be by coming here setting up a proper social circle going out and you know, socializing, best way to do that is in the evening, in the bars and clubs. And that's what we specialize here at the Czar Experience, partnering with my clients over the last few years. It's the special forces for going out here and meeting the beautiful women of Eastern Europe. That's how my, one of my former clients described me. The special force, others described me as the insider for Eastern Europe. So if you want to avoid the kind of classic, uh, I think Western tourist experience here, when they come to Eastern Europe, which is that they probably end up uh, going to a tourist trap, um, maybe even getting scammed by some women that they met on Tinder or they met up in a bar or a club because they went to places that only the really tourists go and the sincere, beautiful, um, stylish, in intelligent local girls don't go to those kind of places, then you need an alternative. That's what you're trying to avoid because you can find that very easy. And I think a lot of those guys, they end up going to strip clubs or to a brothel at the end of their weekend because they didn't meet anyone. And they were pretty uh, desperate by the end of the weekend. A lot of guys think they can come to Eastern Europe and wave their Western passport and the local girls are going to be interested. If that's what you think, you're 20 years too late for that party, believe me, in 2023. So if that sounds like what you're trying to avoid, then I want you to watch two playlists that I put together. One is going to outline the cities that I've been living this our experience uh, with, uh, with my clients here in Eastern Europe. Now, currently, as I'm filming this, uh, the Russo-Ukrainian war is still ongoing. I'm actually here, obviously, in the capital of Kiev, uh, capital of Ukraine, Kiev. Uh, but yeah, haven't been bringing clients for the last year to Ukraine, Russia, or Belarus. 
However, I have been bringing them to crazy Chisinau in Moldova, Almaty, the Almighty in Kazakhstan, ridiculously hot Riga in Latvia, and also towards some Poland. So, if you watch those playlists, you understand the mentality that you're going to need on this our experience because it is by application only. I don't. I've, I've basically screen everybody, make sure that they are actually high enough level for me to bring here. Because in part, I'll also be uh, giving you exposure to my social circle. So if you're not high value, to be blunt, I don't really want to hang out with you. <laughs> I don't want you meeting my social circle. So that is why I make people fill out an application form who want to come. And it is down below in description to this video. So if you're that kind of guy who would revel in this our experience, then go fill it out and I will personally read your application form. I think it's a good fit for us. We'll be jumping on a strategy call very, very soon. So with that said, it is coming up to the evening time here in Kiev, the couple of Ukraine. So I bid you a do pobachina and do peremohi. Sar experience.